Hello, everyone. All right, I'm going to start um, Jacqueline Woodson's Miracles Boys, which is one of my favorite books from the past. This book was actually um, published in 2000, before a lot of you were even born, any of you were born, clearly. But it still is a book that can connect. So I'm going to do just chapter one, and then um, I'll have a new installment next week. Chapter one, brothers is the baddest, then comes Dominicans. Dominicans don't mess around. I'm cool with Dominicans though, they don't mess with me, I don't mess with them. I lay back on my bed and listen to my brother, new Charlie talking. We had shared this room since the day I was born. And I swear, since the day I was born, he'd been going on about who was the baddest. Used to be Puerto Ricans were the second baddest, but somewhere along the road, their status dropped. Brothers were always at the top, or the next ones down. New Charlie wasn't talking to me. Since he had gotten home from Rawway home for boys a few months ago, he never talked to me. He was combing his hair and talking to Aaron. They'd known each other forever and say, what's up, and stuff. But they didn't start hanging until New Charlie came home from Rawway. Seems once New Charlie saw the inside of Rawway, most of the guys around here who cut school, hung out real late, and got into all kinds of stuff, thought he was some kind of wonderful. Aaron acted like he wanted to kiss the heels of New Charlie's shoes, hanging on New Charlie's words like they were something special. And New Charlie was just as stupid over Aaron, hanging out with him like Aaron was his brother, like Aaron was me. New Charlie and Aaron were the same height and walked the same way, and now they had the same meanness. Aaron's meanness had always been around him. Even when we were small, we'd walk past him and he'd say something negative, like when Mama used to make us go to church on Sundays. We'd all be dressed up and walking to the bus stop and Aaron say something like, Mama's church boys going to meet their maker. Or the time our big brother Tyree stopped him from snatching this little kid's Halloween bag. Aaron didn't take the bag, but he kept glaring over his shoulder as me and Tyree and the kid walked away saying, that's all right, church boy, that's all right. Like he had something waiting for us later on. New Charlie's meanness was as new as his name. He'd come back from Huawei with it. And the way he and Aaron hung so tight, you think he didn't remember those days when we crossed to the other side of the street when we saw Aaron and his boys hanging out. I watched New Charlie part his hair on the side, comb it one way, then shake his head, part it on the other side, and pull the comb through it again. His hair is curly like our mama's was. Jet black curls that girls go crazy for. He's three years older than me, but only a little bit taller. And at the rate he was going school-wise come this time next year, I'd be almost caught up with him. I just started the seventh grade, and New Charlie was repeating the ninth, but he didn't seem to care one way or the other. The old Charlie would have cared about me catching up to him. He would have sat down at the dining room table and crammed because he would have been embarrassed about me being in almost the same grade as him. See, the old Charlie had feelings. If Charlie saw a stray cat or dog, he'd start crying. Not out and about crying but he'd just see it and start tearing up. Sometimes when we were out walking, he'd turn away real fast, and I know it was because he saw the shadow of some stray animal and was wishing that it wasn't out in the cold. Once he told me that some nights he lay in bed just praying for all the stray animals out there. There's a lot of them, you know, Charlie said, and probably not a whole lot of people praying for them. 
He told me about St. Francis of Assisi and how he was the guy who looked out for all of the animals. He said him and St. Francis were the only two asking God to help those animals walking in the cold streets not to freeze to death. I promised Charlie that I'd pray too. And sometimes late at night, Charlie would just start talking, telling me stories about how things were before I was born, memories of him and our older brother Tyree and my mama and daddy together. Wasn't ever anything mean in it like that he wished that I hadn't been born or something. Just stories, quiet stories that would make me smile and help me fall asleep. Now I called him New Charlie because Rawway hadn't seen the guy, hadn't sent the guy that I was just talking about home. This guy standing at the mirror moving his hair around his head was someone, something different. Not the guy who used to laugh and tell jokes and put his arm around my shoulder. This guy never did any of those things, ever. Right after he came home from Huawei, I got up in the middle of the night to look at him. He'd been away for more than two years, and the guy sleeping across from me was a stranger. Some days he'd just sit on that bed with his hands hanging down between his knees, just staring out of the window and looking evil. But when he was asleep, his face spread out, and all the frowns and scowls just kind of faded, and he looked like Charlie again, ready to care about something, to be happy or to cry about stray animals. New Charlie checked himself out for a moment without saying anything. His light brown and thick black eyebrows, he's light brown with thick black eyebrows and mama's nose. He winked at himself, then caught me watching him in the mirror and gave me the finger. I looked away from him without giving him the finger back. What changed you, Cha? I wanted to ask him. What made you cold? Y'all go to church no more, Aaron nosed. I swallowed and caught New Charlie's eye. He looked back at me for a second, then frowned. Church is for little boys, he said. Little mama's boys. I look like a little mama's boy to you? Aaron shrugged. The last time any of us was in church was for mama's funeral. I didn't want to see the inside of one again, at least not for a long time. Least till the thought of even passing by one isn't enough to make me choke up and start bawling about mama. Stupid little mama's boys like Lala, New Charlie said. My name ain't Lala, I said. In the summer, I go down south to my great aunt Cecile's house. The watermelons are ripe, and if they're ripe, she'll buy me one. When we get home, she always takes it out back and breaks it open against the rock, then scoops out the heart of it, the sweetest, reddest part, and hands it to me. I stared out the window. Somebody had done that to Charlie. Scooped out his heart and sent the empty, bitter rind of him home. Aaron was sitting on the bed directly across from mine. New Charlie's bed, and he was rolling on one of, one of his pants. Let me start over. Aaron was sitting on the bed directly across from mine. New Charlie's bed, and he was rolling one of his pant legs up really slow. Sometimes when he looked at me, I felt the coldness like somebody was dripping ice water down my back. Anyway, Puerto Ricans, New Charlie said. If they're in a gang, then you got a problem. But if they're on their own, it's cool. Most of the ones in Rawway had gangs behind them. I don't know no Puerto Ricans that ain't in a gang, Cha, Aaron said. What are you talking about? I said. We're half Puerto Rican and we ain't in no gang. And you're all Puerto Rican and you ain't either. How you know I ain't in no gang with your little self? Aaron said, you don't know nothing about me, little boy. Aaron looked, up, looked me up and down like he was looking at something that didn't even have a right to be in the world. 
He was wearing a Yankees baseball cap with the front pulled down over his eyes so that he had to lift his whole face up to look at me. I thought that was a stupid way to wear a hat, but I didn't say anything about it. I don't know what my size got to do with anything, but I know you ain't in no, mind your business, Lala. New Charlie glared at me through the mirror. Nobody in this room talking to you. You hear anybody call your name? When somebody calls your name, then somebody's talking to you. And nobody in this room is ever going to be calling your name. So just keep your stupid mouth closed, Aaron said, and maybe you'll live. Lafayette, I said. My name ain't no Lala. That's Lafayette. I turned away from both of them and stared out the window. If you ever had a brother who didn't like you, then I don't have to explain it. It feels like being a stranger in your own house. Like everything that used to mean something doesn't anymore. Even your own name. New Charlie hated my guts since Mama died, and he wasn't shy about letting anybody listening know it. Most times when he and Aaron got to talking, I just stayed quiet. If I was real quiet, it was like I was invisible, and if I was invisible, New Charlie couldn't hate me. What about white boys, Aaron asked. White boys? What do you think about white boys? Don't know, child. That's why I'm here asking you. You act like you know everything about Dominicans and Ricans and brothers, I figure. Of course I know about white boys, New Charlie said. They're not even worth mentioning. It's like if you have a totem pole of badness, right? You got the brothers at the top, then the Dominicans, and the Puerto Ricans in gangs, and the Puerto Ricans not in gangs, and maybe some of those Chinese guys that's in gangs. They know karate and stuff too, Aaron said. Like Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan can mess some brothers up, yo. Yeah, like if they know karate, then they'll probably go before the Puerto Ricans and gangs. Except if the gangbangers got guns. Aaron looked over at me, blow somebody's head off. I chewed on my bottom lip and didn't say anything. Once, before he went to Rahway, Charlie took me to see a Jackie Chan movie. When we came out of the movies, I started kicking and chopping and stuff, telling Charlie I wished I was Chinese, so then I could know karate. Charlie put his hand on my shoulder and turned me toward him. Not all Chinese people know karate, he said. That's a stereotype. I didn't know what he was talking about, but his hand was hard on my shoulder, so I stopped chopping. Like when people say all black people are lazy or something, Charlie said. I shrugged. A few months later, I saw another movie, only it wasn't Jackie Chan and it wasn't about karate. It was about this couple and they had this landlord who lived upstairs who was supposed to be Chinese or something, only he really wasn't. He was some guy making believe. When people were in the audience started laughing at the way he was talking, I felt weird, like it wasn't right. But if they know karate, New Charlie was saying, then they could kick a gun out of a gangbanger's hand, right? Yeah, Aaron said, you're right. If they're fast enough, don't a bullet travel at the speed of sound or something? Depending on the gun, probably, New Charlie said. I wanted to remind New Charlie about the day with the Jackie Chan flick, about his hand on my shoulder and what he'd said. And I wanted to tell New Charlie that he had the totem pole idea all screwed up. If brothers were at the top, then that means that they were the least bad. Anybody who knows even the tiniest bit about totem poles, that the most important was at the bottom. But I bit my, I, I bit my bottom lip and didn't say anything. Then after every, every, everybody else, who Charlie was saying, then you got the white boys. What about that guy David? Aaron asked. The one from Rawway? I looked at New Charlie in time to see him glance at me in the mirror and then cut his ba eyes back to Aaron. He wasn't allowed to talk about Rawway in front of me. Tyree didn't allow it. But Tyree was at work, and New Charlie took every chance he could to do the opposite of what Tyree had said. 
He turned toward Aaron and leaned back against our dresser. Then he dropped his voice real low. I saw him make a knife out of a slipper spoon, he said. His moms had sent him one because he kept saying his shoes was getting too small. And since she couldn't afford to buy him a new pair of shoes, she sent him some Vaseline and one of those things that make putting your shoes on easier. I know they got another name, but he called it a slipper spoon. New Charlie eyed me, daring me to give the right name for it. I looked up at the ceiling and didn't say anything. I loved the stories about Rahway. Every night, I'd hear something scraping and scraping real soft against the floor. Like you had to listen real hard to hear. Sounded like a shy cat against the screen door. Just like a little whisper of a scrape. But I knew what it was, so it sounded real loud to me. Like a clock ticking away. Somebody's life. How are we going to sharpen it on a floor, yo? New Charlie rolled his eyes. Floors in Rawway ain't regular floors. Everything there is made out of cement. Walls, ceilings, floors. It's like you live inside of a big gray rock. Winter, you feel like you freeze to death inside that rock. Summer, you think you're going to fry. He stared into the mirror, only he wasn't looking at himself anymore. He was looking somewhere else, someplace far away. Everywhere, everywhere, cement, he said, his voice dropping lower and lower. And all of us always marching in the line, to the bathroom, to the grub hall, to the yard time. No talking, just marching, marching. Say one word and COs call your last name and taking something away from you. No TV, no yard time, no rec hall. He was still looking at that far off place, but he was whispering now. No you, no more. I pressed my back into the wall. The white, white walls Mama had painted to make our room bright and tried to imagine my brother inside that stone place, the place he'd gone back to after Mama's funeral. No Mama, no name. Who that got killed, cha? Aaron said. New Charlie blinked and looked from me to Aaron like he wasn't sure who we were or why we were there. Who? That guy Davy, yo, the one with the slipper spoon, Aaron said. What's wrong with you, man? You like a beam me up or something. It's not deep. I'm just trying to remember all of it. A few days later, David showed me the slipper spoon, only it wasn't a slipper spoon no more. He moved it real light across his finger and one drop of blood came out. Reddest blood I'd ever seen in my life. I mean, he like barely touched his finger and that drop of blood was there. His finger was real pale and that blood just stood out on it, all thick and red. I looked at that blood and knew that the next person to come in contact with that slipper spoon was never going to hear the words happy birthday again. Who'd he kill? Aaron asked again. Yeah, New Charlie said. I'd have to put David higher on the podium total than the other white boys. Aaron grinned. You ain't going to say because of Lala. New Charlie nodded. I know he didn't kill anybody, I said. I know the CO found that shoehorn under David's pillow one day while y'all were out in the yard and David got sent off to another place worse than Rahway. New Charlie gave me a dirty look. That's why you think, that's what you think, stupid. That's what Tyree says to tell you, but that ain't what happened. And since you think you know so much, I'm really not going to say. I almost said it too. Then you had to go and open your fat mouth. That's what you get, you little. I waited for him to say it, but he didn't, and I felt my stomach relax. He turned back to the mirror. New Charlie was wearing a plaid long sleeve shirt and baggy jeans. He unbuttoned the top button and buttoned again and checked himself out one more time. You ready? New Charlie asked. Aaron nodded. Then let's step. He looked at me. When Tyree gets home, you tell him we just left, too. You hear? I kept staring out the window. Your brother's talking to you, man, Aaron said. Yeah, I hear you. Later, Milagro's killer. Oh, shoot. 
Aaron laughed. That's cold, man. It's true, Charlie said. I swallowed and looked down at my hands so knew Charlie wouldn't see my eyes tearing up. I could hear the door slamming in the living room and him and Aaron running down the stairs, taking them two at a time the way they always did. A few minutes later, I heard new Charlie calling out to somebody. It was gray out. I stared at the sky and tried not to let his words sink in. I stared until the window blurred. I didn't kill her, I whispered. Then I laid back on my bed and prayed that it would pour down rain. Miracles, boys. Chapter 2. Our daddy had been a hero. When mama was still pregnant with me, our daddy was sitting in Central Park reading the paper. It was winter time, but he liked to go over to the park and sit. He liked the quiet and the cold together. He liked the sound his newspaper made when he turned the pages in the wind. Tyree says this woman had been jogging around the lake near where daddy was. She was jogging with her dog when the dog decided to take off after a bird. The lake was frozen, so I guess the dog just figured it could run straight across. But right in the middle, the ice started cracking away, and the dog went under. Daddy looked up to see the screaming lady running after the dog, saw the dog way out, bobbing in and out of the water. Tyree says Daddy pulled the lady out first, then the dog. The dog and the lady lived, but my daddy died of hypothermia. He went out stupid, Charlie always says now. Saving a dog and a white woman is a stupid way to die. Only thing in the world you need to save is your own self. You used to want to save stray animals, I reminded new Charlie. You used to pray to St. Francis. How do I do it, Cha? I'd ask him that first night a long time ago, the night he told me about St. Francis. Charlie sat up in his bed and put his hands together under his chin. Like this. Dear Lord and St. Francis of Assisi, me and my brother know you both love animals as much as we do. We know how you saved that dog that was drowning in Central Park. You sent our daddy in there. We're not mad about it or anything. Not anymore. We don't have another daddy, but there are a lot of other animals that need saving. So please don't let none get killed by starving or freezing to death in the cold. Don't let none get hit by cars or beat up by stupid kids. Just let them all have food in some place warm. And if you could, could you please give dogs nine lives the same as cats? And turtles too, I added. Please? Turtles too, Charlie said. Amen. Amen, I whispered. Charlie unclasped his hands and lay back on the bed. Now watch, he said. When you dream, it's going to be full of happy animals. He was right. But that was a long, long time ago. Back when we were a family. Back before Rahway and Mama dying. Back before, before Charlie became somebody else. I never cared about no dogs, new Charlie says. But he doesn't look at me when he says it because he knows I know. He's lying. All we've got now was one other brother, Tyree. Tyree's just the opposite of new Charlie. He'll tell you in a minute he's got a soft spot for me and don't care what people say about it. New Charlie never calls me Lala in front of people. He just knows better. People who knew Mama say if Tyree was a woman, he'd be her twin. Even though two people made him, he's all Milagro's child. Milagro's was my mama. Her name means miracle in Spanish, and maybe it was a miracle that she had a demon seed like New Charlie. Mama was born in Bayamon. That's in Puerto Rico, but her family came here when she was real little. I can only speak a little bit of Spanish because Mama used to say it was better if we learned good English. But I'm taking Spanish now. Figure if I learn to speak Mama's language, I'll have a little bit more of her to hold on to. 
My great aunt Cecile's all the time saying, dead don't have to mean dead and gone. And I like to believe that. I got two scratched up pictures of mama left. One of the pictures is of me and her outside on the stoop. Mama's sitting and I'm standing bending over her to show her something I got in my hand. Mama's wearing a light blue dress and she has her hair out so that it's all curly around her shoulders. In the picture, she's smiling at the thing I'm showing her like she's real proud. I look real close at that picture all the time, but I still can't remember what I was showing her. The other pictures of me and Charlie and Mama. We're all dressed up and smiling. Maybe it was Easter. Mama has her arms around me and Charlie's shoulders. We both look a little bit like her in that picture, but I'm much darker. Like Mama said, my daddy was. They used to be, there used to be a lot of other pictures, but they got burned. New Charlie had a fit one Saturday and burned them all, but we're not allowed to talk about it. Sometimes I wonder what happened to that lady and that dog my daddy saved. There's always stories about people getting saved and then giving the people who saved them money, or people coming along years later and naming their kids after the people, but none of that has ever happened to us. My daddy's name was Lafayette too, and I wonder if there's a little white kid somewhere named after him. Maybe the lady is still jogging around Central Park. Maybe she keeps her leash on a or her dog on a leash now though. And maybe once in a while she sees in her head my daddy running toward her on a half frozen lake. Or maybe she didn't have any kids and doesn't remember my daddy at all. This is a pretty sad um story to start, you know. His father passed, his mom's gone, his brother is mean to him now. I wonder what's going to happen as we get more information about these Miracles boys. And I guess that's why it's called Miracles boys, because his mom's name was Milagros, which means miracle in Spanish. So these are her male sons. Makes sense. All right, I'll see you guys next week with Chapter 3.